Great to have you here on The Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is where you go to save money around the clock. We post deals for you whenever anything happens, because our deal diggers never sleep. Well, except Christmas Day. We don't post deals Christmas Day. So when you type in a web address on your cell phone, on your mobile browser, on a laptop, on a desktop, whatever, whatever you put in, you don't make a mistake on the address. It comes right up, right? You go to do what you want to, where you want, how you want. Well, the monopoly cable companies have been fighting for years to be able to discriminate against websites. And if people don't pay them money or a monopoly cable company doesn't like the content of a website, like think about my website at Clark.com where I'm always telling you how to save money on video content, how to save money on your internet connection, uh, you know, ways to dump the cable monopoly or the phone monopoly or whatever. I mean, these companies, I'm certainly not somebody they're thrilled by. So there's something called net neutrality that the monopoly cable companies and the monopoly phone companies have been trying so hard for years and years and years to get rid of. And finally, they got a vote a couple of years ago on a decision that would end, at least as the federal government was concerned, end was known as net neutrality. They would then give these monopoly companies 100% control over what you could see, what you could read, what you could watch. And in addition, they'd be able to put up toll bridges. And so if you didn't pay whatever ransom a monopoly cable company set or phone company or whatever, then tough people couldn't go to your website or they degrade the experience of somebody going there. So this is really ugly stuff. It passed an obscure federal agency called the FCC by a vote of three to two and has been working its way through the courts because there were immediate challenges. And now the court has ruled in something that is fantastic for you and me as consumers, anybody who has a website, anybody who wants access to information or to any site at all. Even though the court said in another split decision that net neutrality was something that the FCC could get rid of, any state could say, nope, you still have to allow people to go to visit any website. You can't purposely degrade their experience. You can't block sites you don't like if a state says so. In many states expecting that have already passed laws that protect the open internet and free speech. And I am thrilled about that. So all the hand-wringing from me a couple years ago about what was going to happen with the toll bridges and censorship of content and things like that, I can breathe easy. You can too. And I'm sure the cable monopolies and the phone monopolies 
are furious, they'll probably try to appeal to the Supreme Court, which is the last possible step. But the truth is, right is on our side, that monopoly enterprises should not be able to restrict free speech. Monopoly enterprises that you're paying for access to the internet should not be able to restrict your access to the internet. That you and I should have the power and control to see and go where we want on the internet and not allow any of these giant monopolies to say, no, you can't. I mean, we're not communist China, where the government completely controls what information people can see. And we shouldn't allow private monopolies like cable companies to do the same. And the good news is because of foresight from so many states, they're not going to be able to. Pinky is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, how you doing? Hi, Clark. I'm doing great. Thank you for taking my call. Certainly. Pinky, how can I be of service to you today? Okay. After 28 years of nursing, I'm ready for a big change. I don't want to be a nurse anymore. I'm sad to say I'm suffering through major burnout. But financially, I can walk away from the profession with medical insurance. That's what keeps me there. So I want a career change. I'm 60, I'm single, and I want to become a flight attendant. What do you think? And how do I do that? How do I do that? I want to travel. So um, to be a flight attendant, it's kind of like a hazing process. You know how (laughs) college fraternities haze the pledges? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Being a flight attendant, you go through a pretty serious hazing because the training to be a flight attendant completely different than when you became a nurse where you went through years and years of training. Flight Mm -hmm. attendant school, once you're hired by an airline, is usually about six weeks. And then you're in the air doing the job. But the starting pay is, uh, well, you'll be surprised. Because do you need the money to live on or are you set from your years of nursing? I'm set from my years of nursing. I just want the money for play money. Okay. But I need, I need a medical insurance, though. All right. So the play money that you make starting out, are you sitting? Yes, I'm afraid to hear. Take <laughs> a I guess. I can't find out. Just I take a guess. find out. I'm thinking maybe 25, maybe 20. Divided by two. Oh, get, oh my goodness. You're kidding. 10 to, 50, 10 to 12 an hour? 12.50? Um, yeah, so starting out flight attendants tend to have to start with a commuter airline. The commuter airlines pay extremely low rates, and you will, you will really be surprised what you make. Because starting pay for a flight attendant is somewhere around 50 grand. That's average okay. pay for a flight uh-huh. attendant. There are flight attendants that make substantially more. There are those who make less. But the starting pay, that's why I said it's like uh, being a pledge in a fraternity where everybody mm-hmm. treats you bad. It, 
it's really um, you have to set very low expectations up front. And the commuter airlines are the entry point where a lot of people start. Well, what about the perks, though, to you make get, up for that? You get, um, I mean, that's the thing. Once you get past that, you get with a mainline airline, you get amazing travel benefits. Your mm-hmm. pay gradually moves up the pay scale. And, um, and you're going to have the health care you want. You'll have a 401k. You have a lot. Now, you do need to check each airline will have its own policies on what the age requirements are to be able to be hired initially. Not to keep flying, but many may have a cutoff at which point they don't hire new applicants. And that was my my concern about, uh, I know my background is perfect for it with um, a customer service and knowing the CPR, ACLS, but um, my concern was my age. And so each yeah. airline will be up front with you about that, hopefully. Okay. But okay. my well, brother, my, mm-hmm. uh, my oldest brother, uh, is a retired lawyer. And at age 69, I think, became a, um, an employee of an airline for flight benefits. And he worked the, the counter. You know, he wasn't a mm-hmm. flight attendant, but he worked the counter and he had all those benefits and they for for a few years they went all over the place when he was off duty so, so that's something else to think about then so and then he was home every night right where a flight mm-hmm. attendant you're not okay okay well thank you so much i i i just um I'm shocked about the pay. I haven't been able to find out what the pay was. but um, A lot of starting pay working at a counter for Mm -hmm. airlines may be as little as like $12 an hour. I'm sorry, they they may be what? Maybe about $12 an hour. Okay. Well, as I said, I just need the benefits. I don't really need the money, but I want want to travel. I want the perks. And thank you. It is, you know, for the right person, it is a great, great, experience and a wonderful thing to do and uh, hopefully one or the other will work for you with an airline david's with us on the clark howard show hi david hi clark how are you great thank you david how can i be of service well before i get started i just want to tell you uh how grateful i am for your radio show and your websites and how invaluable all the information is well that's very kind of you to say thank you I have, I have the um, most I, wonderful team. There are about, um, I guess there are about 30 of us all in. And we are all focused on the same thing, which is being of service to you in whichever way you choose to access the content that we make available. Well, I hope you all get all the blessings you deserve for that. Well, thank you for that. Um, I, uh, I bought a car brand new in December of last year. I've put 21,000 miles on it since. Wow. And Yeah. <laughs> Three trips to Atlanta, one to Miami, and the rest all local driving here in Orlando. But uh, I'm coming up on the, uh, on the end of the warranty at 30,000 miles, and it's so confusing. I have no clue what to do. I think I heard you once cover the subject, but my recollection is sketchy. So 
Oh, you're thinking of buying like an, an extension of the warranty? Exactly. All right. So th- there's a couple of criteria I hit you with. Number one, if you do buy an extended warranty, only buy it from the manufacturer itself. Hmm. Um, dealers will very heavily sell you third-party warranties that may be junk. And the companies, there's a big bust-out problem where these third-party companies take in premiums, and then once they've taken a lot of money, it gets to be time to start paying claims. They vanish in the night, running off with the millions they've collected. Uh, So I don't like any third-party warranty. It should only be from the manufacturer. What kind of vehicle do you have? I have a 2018 Honda Fit Sport. Manual. All right. Well, that's going to bring me to the second part as well. So if you did buy an extension, it should be from Honda Motor. Okay. Um, but the fit, all right, here it is. I'm looking on Consumer Reports. The 2018 model fit, also like the 2017, is one of the most reliable vehicles that Consumer Reports has tracked. And the reliability is so high that that would tend to mean that you're better off not spending the money on an extended warranty. Well, the, the reason that I'm concerned, I don't know if it's appropriate to bring it up here, but I had an issue with the vehicle that I brought into the dealership, and what they told me was that there is an issue that they're seeing maybe across the fleet of these cars. With, with which component? It has to do with fuel injection and missing cylinders and that type of thing. So the fuel system get- the fuel system rating on the fit, the only year that had any issues, according to <coughs> Consumer Reports data, is 2015 model fits. Right. So I, I would say the couple of thousand dollars you'd have to spend on that extended warranty because the... Honda Fit's been so incredibly reliable. My advice would be keep that money so that you can do a repair if it's needed, but that the Fit is such a reliable vehicle, you're better off being your own insurance company. Steven is with us on the Clark Howard Show, and Steven, I understand your wife's changing jobs, and uh, there's a question about her old 401k or her new one. Uh, a little bit of both. Um, she's leaving a larger employer and going to a smaller employer. Um, she was there for about seven years, so she has a pretty pretty good amount in that 401k, but I, I didn't know if we should keep it separate from her new 401k program or her new company or if we should you know, invest it on our own or put it all together. I just don't really know what's the best option. So almost certainly because she's going from a large employer to a small one, the expenses in the 401k at the large employer that she was at with almost 100% certainty, would be much lower than the expenses in the 401k with a new smaller employer. It's just hard okay. for small employers to have affordable 401k plans. The big 401k administrators in the United States are Fidelity Investments and Vanguard. Did her uh-huh. old employer use either of those? They, they did not. Tell me who they used as an administrator at her old employer. It was T. Rowe Price. T. Rowe Price is a great firm, and I think it would make sense to leave the old 401k active with T. Rowe Price. She can't contribute to it anymore moving forward, but 
I think I'd leave it there. The new employer, are they with Fidelity or Vanguard for their 401k? Actually, I don't have that information yet. I don't know what that investment firm is. All right. So what I want your wife to do, if she would, is at least participate in the new employer's 401k up to a company match. Okay. If there is no company match, then you make the decision completely on the expenses she has to pay in the plan. And if the expenses are higher than 0.6, you know, six-tenths of 1% all in, Uh she shouldn't participate beyond the match and just do a Roth IRA for most of her money, and that would be the best choice for her to do. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. That's the promise. That's what we are here to do. But there are times that you feel the promise is not delivered, that either the advice I give is wrong, the information I provide is not clear, you don't like the answer I gave to someone, whatever it is where you felt like you needed a money-back guarantee Well, we don't charge for the show. But anyway, you wanted a money-back guarantee for me not delivering on our promise. I want you to go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks and post where you feel I did come up short. Other people get to read it, comment on it, and then weekly, producer Krista goes through all your posts on Clark Stinks and shares highlights with you right here on the air. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Uncle Clark has smelly breath. Clark has advised several future students to seek career counseling from the college they're attending. Seems like getting financial advice from Wells Fargo. My dental hygienist advised me to send my kids to a private career counselor, which has paid off huge for them. He gave them several career options and made some very important college recommendations. Getting some unbiased professional help seems wise. Maybe Clark should ask his hygienist or at least try to some mouthwash. My kids both graduated in four years debt-free and they never missed a podcast from Uncle Clark. Thanks for all the great unbiased advice you give to all of us, Rick. Rick, thank you. I'll see you at the next family reunion. So the quality of guidance counselors or college counselors, career counselors, vary so much from school district to school district and school to school. There are a lot of schools where the percent of high schoolers that go on to college is extremely high, above 90%. And generally schools that have a very high number of students that go on to college will hopefully have very good college counselors but if they don't hiring someone who is an independent is a great idea couple about this topic clark you recently talked about big weddings kind of being a thing of the past and recommended your viewers to that if they decide to forego the big wedding and just have a reception after eloping that they not tell vendors that the event is a wedding This may be okay advice for most vendors, but having shot weddings and having a lot of photographer friends, 
I can tell you that if you withhold the information and then they later find out it's a wedding reception, many can and will refuse to shoot the reception at previously quoted prices. The reason being that weddings, even if it's just a reception, generally come with much more pressure and work than a regular event. Wedding photography is a specialized kind of photography that usually requires years of training and education and should be, in my opinion, the most important decision the couple makes other than picking their spouse. Thanks, Clark. Scott. Scott, I appreciate that perspective. I haven't heard that before, and uh, I didn't think about all the dynamics involved with photographing a wedding. Uh, You know, a lot of people who elope and then have a party later to celebrate the wedding, it's pretty informal. In terms of your perspective, it sounds to me like you're talking about a traditional, very formal reception where there's a wedding planner saying, okay, we want a picture of these people, we want this group, we want that group, and uh, with complicated family dynamics now, well, are the step-parents in this one, are they not in this one, and that kind of thing. I think that I'm talking about more informal kind of gatherings, but your point is really worthy of me putting in my brain to think about next time I talk about it. Clark, you don't stink, but on March 8th of 2018, you predicted that we were 15 to 20 months away from fully autonomous cars being available. Well, this month marks 20 months since you've made that prediction. I was really looking forward to seeing fully autonomous cars on the streets. However, it doesn't look like we are any closer to that reality, either technologically or from a regulatory perspective. I'm disappointed, but still hopeful this will happen in our lifetime. Thanks for all you do, Roman. Roman, uh, guilty as charged. I thought that the automakers were further along with fully autonomous, known as level five. Uh, The industry seems stuck at level two. Tesla, as you may be aware, a month ago launched a rollout first in California and then across the country of Teslas that can be summoned robotically from from a parking lot to where you are. And people have been violating what they're supposed to do with it. And they've been having vehicles drive themselves with nobody in the vehicle on public roadways and things like that. And so we're getting there piece by piece. But there's an intermediate step I didn't really think about. And that is what we're going to see is the first step in fully autonomous vehicles are going to be shuttles that follow a specific path. And those shuttles are able to do everything. And I may have, you may have missed me talking about having ridden on one in a Florida city that has a set route and fully is an autonomous vehicle. But as far as driving on any road anywhere, it's going to take a lot longer than I hoped or thought. On my drive home last night, after working all day in our 91-year-old furniture and mattress store, the first caller was a woman asking if she should buy a mattress from Costco and how she can go about returning it if she's not happy. Clark's first comment was about how the mattress business has changed and consumers no longer go to stores to purchase a mattress. I beg to differ. We are a local family-owned business and our years of knowledge Know what an over, we know what an overpriced ripoff the online selling of mattresses has become. Our expert team will actually guide the customer to the right mattress, so returning an overpriced, not, that's not for every customer, mattress is avoided. 
The old way is still the better way. By the way, they have not figured out how to deliver box springs. Gail. Gail, thank you. And I'm sorry as a family-owned business that you took offense at what I said. The mattress industry, I do believe, is going through a dramatic change. And when I think about how people under 40 buy what they buy now that I never could have imagined I'm 64. I could not have imagined that people would buy cars on their phone sight unseen, uh, used cars, and people do so in huge numbers now. There's a different mindset, and there's going to be a very large number of people who are never going to buy things the way we did, and they're going to buy a mattress, among other things, right over their phone. One of the things about the compressed mattresses is generally you don't get a box spring for them. They sit on a platform or these um, these pop-up box springs that are all metal. And related, Clark, recently you said offhand during a call that online mattress shop about online mattress shopping that Casper started the online trend. They did not. The first company to enter this space is called Bed in a Box, and they did so back in 2007. Though the companies that have followed have outpaced them in popularity, they're still around and making a great mattress. Well, thank you for that. I had no idea. By the way, can I say one more thing about mattresses, Krista? It's Clark Howard Show. Well, this is the listener's (laughs) moment with Clark Sinks. In Consumer Reports, most recent ratings about mattresses, the thing that we all noticed in those ratings is that the top-rated mattresses the absolute top ones, the price differences from the three that were rated the highest, the cheapest one was one-third the cost of one of the other two and one-fourth of the cost of the other. There's not a relationship with mattresses necessarily between price and quality. First, Clark, I hate to post something that says Clark stinks because you're providing a valuable service and I think you're usually right on. The issue I have is the caller on your show wondering about the value of coins, some silver dollars. Although I believe most people are honest, there are a lot of scammers at those shows. There are enough books and websites that will give you enough information to get a rough idea on the value and how to find the mint marks, etc., before you take them to where you could get scammed. Mike. Mike, that's a great suggestion and is something that I will remember when someone's calling me who inherits a coin collection or... Uh, comes into one they're trying to figure out how to dispose of and get the best value for them. Another youngster wrote into Clark Stinks this week that's not happy with you. Not related to you this time. It's not my son again. (laughs) Clark, I hear you talking about 401ks and Roth IRAs, but when you went into video games, you made my dad take my electronics, and I'm unhappy with you. Shay. Say that again? What did Talking about video games probably and like the addiction and stuff. Oh, Shay, I'm really sorry. So go back to your dad and negotiate uh, an amount of time per day that you pledge that is all you'll do with video games. Because, Shay, it's proven that if you spend too much time on those games, it harms you in terms of your relationships with your family and classmates and other people. And it also takes away from you getting outside and uh, being active, and uh, it may even affect your sleep cycle. 
or getting your schoolwork done. So limits are what's important. Most of the time you're saying America is behind this part of the world in healthcare or another part of the world in education and how Americans are fat, they um, <laughs> eat badly, don't exercise, unlike, say, Swedes, the Dutch, or China has better or faster railroads, Italians have better food and wine, or how bad the cellular phone service technology is the worst in, in the world in the USA. My point is, in spite of all your beating down the greatest capitalistic country in the world, it gets more incoming immigrants than outgoing since, 19, since 1776. Stop this. Thank you for your service. I know you mean it well. However, it helps my ego to know that we made a correct decision legally immigrating here on July 4th, 1994, and that we live in the most free society full of opportunity. Thank you for listening, Sanjeev. Sanjeev, um, I, I hope that you understand that I believe so much in this country, and I love this country so much, and I'm so grateful as the grandson of four immigrants to have the privilege of living in this great country. At the same time, it's important that we not rest on our laurels, that we continually seek to improve in what we do. And if others are doing it better and we're sitting on our hands, I feel a duty and responsibility to let people know that, that there are things we can do better, that others we compete in, compete in the world with are doing things better than we are, and we got to step up our game. There's a lot that we do better than anybody else on earth, but we can't do everything well. We just have to focus on getting better at the things that we are not doing as well as other places. And I'm so glad that you, like me, love the privilege of living in this great land. I appreciate all your posts. Please go to clark.com slash clarkstinks and let me know how I can serve you better. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Richard is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Richard. How are you doing? Hey, Clark. Love your show. Well, great to have you here. And you're yet another person who is dumping direct TV. They're getting dumped left, right, and center. People are just done with them. I'm doing the unthinkable. Oh, I don't think it's unthinkable. You know, we've hit <laughs> we've hit that tipping point where people are dumping the cable monopoly or either the satellite players and going to streaming services. And it's just because right. you have so much more choice. And if you play your cards right, you spend a lot less money. How much was DirecTV costing you a month? Well, it, it, my problem with it was my, my, my bill was never the same. 
and it went up $65 this last month to $229. $229 a month? That's what I said. So I called them, and it took me about an hour to actually convince them that I was terminating. Well, my goodness. All right, now something with DirecTV, you're going to have to send back equipment. Yes. Make sure you have you hold on to the records of the equipment return. Okay. Because it, somehow mysteriously they'll say you didn't return who knows what and bill you massive charges for unreturned equipment. We've had that call okay. too many times. So okay. if you take it back to FedEx or UPS, there'll be a slip they give you and you want to hold on to that. If you use uh, Google Photos on your phone where you can keep a record forever, yes. things for free, take pictures of those receipts. So if they come back six months from now and say you didn't return something, you'll say, yes, I did. And here's my slip from UPS or FedEx. Didn't think about that. So uh, you don't want later that the prize you get from them for dumping their $200 plus a month service is they decide to bill you another $600 or whatever saying you didn't return something you did. Yep. My deal is I just really needed some advice on the, all the streaming things available now. What, what do you think is the best way to go? So there's not any one right answer. And we update our streaming guide a couple of times a week is the offerings change and the prices change. So it's now one of the main topics when you go to Clark.com. Now, I'll tell you, I have a big bias towards YouTube TV. I tried so many of them. I've tried Sling. I tried the AT&T product. Um, I tried um, the Hulu Live. And my favorite of all of them is YouTube TV. Yep, that's what I've been looking at. And it's now the largest of all the streaming products. And Do you have to have a smart TV, Clark? You don't have to have a smart TV, but I would strongly recommend for streaming that you get a Roku device or OKU. Okay. They cost as little as $20. You hook it up to your TV. And what that does is not only does it make it ultra easy for you to stream, but Roku comes with a ton of channels that are free, that you pay no monthly fee for, okay. that are that are advertiser-supported. And Roku itself, if you have a Roku device, has its own Roku channel that has a wide array of programming available for free. Okay, great. And if you have, do you have Netflix? I do. So Netflix will come right through your Roku device. The idea of having a Roku is it's like the it becomes the central brain of your television and does it so easily that the biggest problem with it is you'll probably watch too much television. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.